welcome to my very first episode of mindful coffee i'm so glad you're listening um right now i'm not actually drinking coffee because usually with every segment i do i tell you guys what i'm drinking but today i'm not drinking any coffee because i am fasting and i'm not i i don't break my fast until 6 p.m so next segment i will tell you what coffee i'm drinking but if i could imagine what i was drinking it would be a lovely mocha frappe from mcdonald's because everybody knows I love McDonald's. Okay, but anyway, this segment, today I'll be talking about how I've been struggling a lot. For the past seven um, seven to eight years, I've had a constant battle for balance when it comes to facing my emotions. Um, Ever since I was young, I've been told that I have HEI, which is high emotional intelligence or emotional maturity. Sometimes I feel young and sometimes I feel old. Why? Today we'll figure it out. Let's go. Ever since birth, from what my mom has told me, that I was a crybaby. Like, your girl cried, cried, and cried. I cried at legit, like, everything under the sun. Like, when it came to vegetables and like something bad happened, I would start crying because I was just, I was an empath basically and I still am. And then I cried from worms drying out into the sun to like not being able to tie my shoes to, you know, just a lot of stuff. I mean, I was the crybaby. I was the kid that you would look at and be like, why is she crying again? And it's like the seventh time of the day. Um, why? I, I don't know. I was, I was, I mean, I understand children have a, children have a level of, um, emotional regulation. Um, but when it came to me, like I surpassed that, I surpassed that. I did not care if I felt like crying, I felt like crying. Um, but with that, you know, as many times as a child cries, like you, you eventually get tired. And, um, I eventually got tired of even crying. So I realized at a very, very young age that my tears didn't really affect anyone. Um, If I cried too much that no one would give me the attention that I needed or wanted or, you know, was spoiled with before. So I realized growing up like around like seven or eight or nine that, you know, I would cry and like nothing would happen. So I was like, all right, cool. I won't cry no more. In fact, I'm not going to talk to y'all point blank period. I'm just going to stay silent. Y'all should leave me alone because nobody paid attention to me and stuff like that. So when I started entering middle school, I was a silent kid. I stayed to myself. I was always in the library. Even though I joined a lot of clubs, um, I was still a shy and silent kid in school. Um, I didn't really allow myself to have too many friends. Um, I only had like a couple, one or two or three friends that I had and stayed with for the remainder of the um I think it's three, yeah, eighth, nine, eighth, no, seven, eight, no, six, what? Six, seven, eight, yeah, three years in middle school, woo, wow. <laughs> Those three years in middle school, I definitely stayed to myself and kept to myself. Um, I guess the only time I really let myself quote-unquote free was when I got home. Like, in, in the spaces I could, like, in the clubs, I would really allow myself to be who I was, but when it came to like academic work or anything outside of clubs, I was usually silent. I did my homework. I did whatever I could. Um, I just wanted to be the good kid. I didn't want to be known as a crybaby anymore. I didn't want to be known as crybaby peace anymore. So I definitely um, didn't allow my emotions to affect 
my life. Um, it got to a point where, like, um, I developed, like, a masking type of defense mechanism where, like, if I went through a really hard time, like, I would mask it or I would, like, let's say I had, like, a really bad day at school and I got home. My mom or dad asked me, like, how is school? I'll be like, yeah, school's fine, nothing, no, no problem. Um, I never really allowed myself to um, to open my emotions around family or friends. And um, most of the time, my outlets, when it came to um, when it came to those emotional regulations, was like writing in my book or writing a poem. But even with that, because I didn't talk about it, it eventually built built up. Um, and I realized that very, very quickly at a very young age that I had a lot of these emotions, especially the negative ones that I just chose not to address. I realized I bottled my emotions very quickly, very fast. Like if I felt like crying, I'd be like, no, ain't no time. Like even if it was a legitimate reason to cry, I had developed so, um, such of this defense mechanism where like, I wouldn't even allow myself to cry even if it was a legitimate reason to do so. Um, because of that, I quickly, quickly only um, only allowed my emotions out in poems and songs, in certain clubs that I did, in dancing, um, in poetry slams. And um, a lot of the times when my friends came to these things, they're like, oh, please, like, why did you not tell me? Like, the other day you were laughing, you know, you're perfectly fine. I was like, you know what? I don't know why I didn't tell you. I just didn't. Uh, because of that... Um, I actually like lost a couple friends because it was really hard for me to um, show my emotions to them. Like it was very, I, I could easily, you know, support them. I could easily, you know, um, be with them. But because of my quickness to not show the negative side of me, a lot of my friends thought I was two-faced. A lot of my friends thought I was trying to be a perfect person. A lot of my friends thought that I was uppity or I was trying to be, you know, this perfect person. When in reality, it's not because of of that it was just who I was as, as a person it was just who my personality was I just didn't feel okay with telling people my negative emotions I much rather had people look at me like oh yeah peace is always nice peace is always cool peace is always the person to go to and I felt like if I told people about the negative things I was going through they won't they wouldn't want to come to me anymore for advice they would think I was a burden or they would like pity me and I definitely just like pity with a passion like I don't like it at all so I didn't want that to happen and throughout majority of my middle school was probably a really really hard time for me because a lot of adjustments happened within my family system a lot of adjustments happened within my family within my friend group a lot of adjustments happened where it's just really ugly and everybody knows American middle schools like everybody's drama is on like extra so everybody's Dramas was like on X Games mode, so you know, it was just a lot of stuff. And even during that time, I was really struggling with my identity because I came from a majority white elementary school and coming to a majority black uh, middle school, there's a lot of cultural differences. And even with that, you know, coming from a Nigerian household and coming to a predominantly um, black um, middle school, there is a cultural difference between that also. So definitely, I struggled a lot. Um, with my emotions and then puberty on top of that it was just a whole mess when I tell you like it was tornadoes upon tornadoes it was a whole whole mess and me knowing that I did not like that feeling I started doing my research I was like you know what if nobody can tell me what the hell is happening with me I might as well just search it up myself 
and such with that I started searching up why I was feeling these certain things and I started researching about why you know I was going through this this time the third and with that with that um, understanding the more I understood myself even though I didn't ne- necessarily address those negative emotions I knew what they were and I knew that either positive or negative I could develop coping mechanisms um, defense mechanisms that will at least help me um, temporarily put them to the side and when I tell you that was bad that was really bad because that ended up with me not taking care of myself not taking care of my mental health not taking care of my emotional health on the outside man I was I was good I was getting A's and B's I was you know I was in every club um, I wasn't as shiny as, anymore um, but I still failed to address the negative things that were happening and I still failed to address um, a lot of the bad stuff I was going through um, and it got to a point where like I definitely believe I went through a depressive ep- episode um, and it was, it was very very hard and even now like trying trying to think about it it was it, it I can't really remember much of my middle school slash elementary school life because a lot of the memories I have were really, really negative, and with that, because they were so negative, I had to repress them a lot, and I had to um, push them aside so I can't really remember much. Um, at least I can't really remember much of the good times, even though I, I'm pretty sure and I'm pretty aware that they were good times. Um, a lot of them were overshadowed by the bad times. Um, so when it came to graduating, um, middle school I then again had another revelation I was like okay I definitely have to change my mindset now because I'm going to um, high school and high school is even more dramatic than middle school um so when I got to high school I was like okay I'm no longer going to be like a follower I'm going to try to lead and be a leader and the funny thing with my high school is that the high school I went to was not the high school I wanted to go in the first place um, I applied to, I think I applied to three or four high schools and I got into all of them, but um, the high school that I really wanted to go to, it was far, it was in Dundalk and, you know, the the circumstance I was in uh, didn't have, didn't, my parents just didn't want to drive me, I'll just say that, like my parents didn't want to like drive me all the way to like Putasco or to Overly to drop me off for the bus. So it eventually got, I eventually ended up going to Eastern Tech high school and for the first year I was there I didn't care (laughs) I was so mad at my parents I was so mad at my mom and dad for forcing me to go to school that I did not care about my grades at all like I didn't care I was too busy you know on snapchat on instagram you know I did not care about my grades at all my gpa dropped to like below 3.0 everything was just so whack um and I again began feeling myself um you know creating these two different personas where like I had the real me and then I had me that you know went to school and you know did her thing and then blah 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 um and with that you know I started developing uh kind of like it, it was weird like I was living two lives and it was very very hard to explain that to people and I'm very, again, I'm very lucky for the life I've lived because I've learned so much. I was blessed with friends who noticed that. And I was blessed with friends who not only noticed, but wanted to do something about it. I was blessed with friends who 
you know, would ask me like, hey, yo, what was the last time you cried? What was the last time you felt sad? And I'm like, why do you, like, why are you asking that? Because obviously they knew that I didn't talk about um, those sad times. Um, so with that, I then again decided to redevelop my emotional state, redevelop my mental state, um, and not only be aware of them, but acknowledge them. Because there's a very, there's a very, there's a huge difference between being aware of something and acknowledging it. You can be aware of like, let's say, you're, let's say you're aware of like, oh, like, I, yeah, I know, like, there's a, I don't know. Like, oh, no, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know, I'm trying to like find like an analogy, analogy, is that it? I think that's it. I'm trying to find the story to like apply it. Let's say someone told you like, oh, there's a festival today. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm aware of it. Versus someone telling you like, oh, there's a festival today. And you're like, oh yeah, I know. And I'm planning on going. Like you you, you acknowledge its presence, its presence. Or you say, yeah, I'm aware of it, but I can't go. Like awareness is like, I don't know how to explain it. Awareness is like the, the thought of it. And then oh, the acknowledge is to is the thought and acceptance of it um, and, and the acceptance of the presence of it. So for me, in middle school, I was aware of my negative emotions, but I didn't acknowledge them. In high school, I began to acknowledge that I had those bad days. Um, whenever I told my friends like I felt like crying, they were like, okay, go ahead, cry. And I'm like, wait, for real? You really, like right now? <laughs> um, uh, but with that, um, even though I, I, I had taught myself saying, like, oh, if I cry, like, even if I do cry, because I was very medical and psychological with all my emotions. I was like, yeah, even if I do cry, it only give me a couple of endorphins, but it only last for, like, a couple hours, and then I'll be back to my problem and blah, blah, blah. Um, I never really allowed myself to be emotional about it. I was very logical about my emotions, which doesn't make sense. Um, but... In high school, I started like acknowledging my emotions, and I started being not only aware but acknowledging the presence, the presence of them, and allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to um, not bottle them up, but definitely, you know, cry and be sad and be angry and you know allow these emotions to be there and you know still be able to address them whenever that time was done. But you know. After years of doing that, after years of you know only aware of uh, being aware of my emotions, it was very easy for me to slip back into um, that quote unquote bottling up my emotions. And I'll probably say that I slipped back into that uh, when I started going to college. Now college, I I, I know like I, I I just finished my first my freshman year. Um, half of the semester on campus, half of the semester online. And when I told you, I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to be good in college. Ain't nothing going to be wrong with me. I'm going to be, you know, flexing, stuff like that. Like, I, I was I was that person. I was so happy. I was, ready. I was like, yeah, I'm leaving the house. I'm ready to be independent. ready to be on my own. And once I got on campus, I joined everything under the, under the sun. I did every single club I could sign. That was such a bad idea. That was so bad because... I never got any time to myself. Um, either I was outside doing homework, going to work, work study, or I was doing a club meeting or blah, blah, blah. Like, I didn't get to take care of myself. The only time I was in my room was when I was doing work or, I was, or, or if I was sleeping. Either, other than that, I was 
always at someone else's place, at a meeting, at a club, at a, I was doing something. Um, and I instantly fell back into the trap of bottling up my negative emotions. I will be honest with you, I definitely ran away from home because I don't, I don't like my house. I don't, at least I don't like the family system within my house. And it's very easy to run away from your problems or to stick your head in the sand. So, um, I ran away from my house, which is like 45 minutes away. Cause I knew that I, if I went to community college, I would not be able to focus enough or at least focus enough on my life, um, where I would be happy with the results. Whereas if I separated myself from my family, I knew that I could start afresh on a new slate and, you know, run away from my problems, even though that's bad. Don't run away from problems. Don't take it from me. Okay. So, um, because I was working so hard 24-7, whenever I heard something like bad happen to like whatever, I, like I got a bad test or like I did a bad thing or like I messed up or something or I heard something from my family, like... I would be like, oh, I can cry later. I have to go do work. Or I can cry later. I have to go to work. Or I can cry later. I have a club meeting. I instantly went back into bottling up my negative emotions. And I only showed my positive emotions whenever anyone asked. Um, it got so bad to a point where, like, um, I think it was, like, ending of January. I was sick. Like, I was really sick. I don't know if I had COVID. But I was really, really sick. And my ass was still outside, you know, going to club meetings, still going to class, still, you know, I was still busy because I was like, I don't want to stay in my room. I'm tired of sleeping. And my roommate, love, um, Laura, I'm, I'm thankful for her life. She was like, she got angry at me. She was like, I can't keep taking care of you if you're not going to take care of yourself. When I tell you, I started crying. And I was like, oh my God, this girl cares so much about me that she's correcting me. And... Um, it made me realize that I went back into the system of not taking care of myself, at least the negative side of myself, the side where I knew I was vulnerable and I needed help and I should ask for help, but I didn't. Um, and the mental state that I was in, I was like, yeah, I'm hurting. Yeah, I'm sick, but I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I was a co-leader for Africa's Legacy and we had something coming up and they needed dances done and i felt really bad because i just was nominated co-leader and i thought how can i miss the first practice then it became how can i miss the second practice then it became how can i miss the third practice and so so or not um and yeah it was it was very hard for me um because i realized when it got to winter break that I, I depended on other people for my happiness. And if I was alone, there was never really a time where I could truly, truly be happy by myself. I had to be in the, in the, in the comfort of other people. I had to look for other people. I had to surround myself with other people to avoid the negative emotions I had, the negative thoughts I had. And that's not good. Because if you can't be happy by yourself, then, man, the times you're gonna, when you're gonna be by yourself, what you gonna do? Like, go out? <laughs> I guess, yeah, if you have the money for Uber or something. I don't know. But I didn't have the money for Uber or the place I could go. Um. Okay, now that I rented to all of y'all, you're probably thinking, like, okay, like, peace. What did, what did you learn from this? Because it just sounds like you, you're just ranting. Um... 
for me, I, I've definitely say like this quarantine has been a time of reflection, like some deep, 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 deep reflection. Sometimes where like it hurt so much where I like I had to stop. Um, but what I learned through this quarantine was number one, um, I relied on other people for happiness. Like I said that before, I only found myself really really happy when I was with my friends with other people went to a party I don't know um, but when it came to me being alone it was very hard for me to you know be content or relax or to have joy you know it, I mean I, I can you know find a funny video and laugh or something like that but to like entertain myself and to be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great memory for me. Like, yeah, I find that really hard to do. The second thing I realized, I found I found out about myself was that I only came to God for my trials and my successes. Um, being a Christian, there's no such thing as a, being a perfect Christian. There's no such thing as, you know, there's no one way for you to be a Christian. Only, I mean... You become a Christian once you dedicate your life to God and say that, you know, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. But that road, that journey with Jesus is different than anyone else's. Um, and for me, I realized that yeah, when, it came in, when it came to my relationship with God, with Jesus, was that I only came to him when I was successful or when I was going through something bad. Um, the life in between, the journey in between, like, occasional, like an occasional prayer, an occasional devotion an occasional reading of the bible but it never really was you know uh actual relationship there never really was like oh i i thank you god for allowing me to be able to buy this coffee like <laughs> like i'll be like oh i thank you god for allowing me to have a paycheck to you know pay for tithes and offering but like it wouldn't be like oh i thank you god for allowing me to tie my shoes or something like that um i only really came to him for when i was really happy when i was doing really good when life was really great or when like life was really bad and it was sucking and it was awful. But that 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 time in between, um, that straight line, that journey in between, he definitely was in the backseat. And that's not good because you want God to be in everything. And God wants to be in everything. And he wants to be in every single part of your life. And if you're only coming to him for the good and the bad things, that's not a relationship. That's like in a I don't know, like, that's, like, I don't know what that is, but that's definitely not a relationship. Um, the second thing was that I didn't have an emotional connection, meaning that I only saw God as, like, this great authority that I would come to occasionally, you know, once in a mil- like, once in a blue moon, something like that, I don't know, but the deep personal connection, the connection where, like, like, I would be, like, oh god like I feel like crying like what's wrong with me like I don't know I don't know how to explain it but I just didn't have that deep emotional connection it was very very surface level it was very very like I only came to God when like everything was perfect or anything was really bad but then like just like the regular days the in-betweens like there is no connection at all there's no time where I went to him and I was like yo my day was super cool how was yours like there wasn't there wasn't that regularity um emotional connection um I also became emotional unavailable when it came to times of trouble. I quickly, fastly shut down whenever it comes to 
really really hard times um like i it's so weird because like i'll have no problem talking about it and people will be like yo how are you not crying and i'm like you know what man i don't know um but like i i just became numb to my negative emotions like i would not address them they would not be addressed they would just be there and i'd be like yo what's up you looking at me i'm looking at you what's up like i would just be emotionally unavailable like whenever my friends have problems i'm like yeah what's wrong you know advice giving but when it came to my emotions like i'll i'll just be like if my negative emotions were persona it would be a homeless person because i never took care of them i never took I never paid attention to it. I never, you know, I never took care of it. It just wandered around in the back of my mind every now and then, like, yo, I'm still here. But I just never addressed it. Um, I just became emotionally unavailable. Um, another one is that I don't allow myself to relax. You're, I cannot relax at all, at all. Maybe it's African in me, but me, I cannot relax. Yeah. I do walk. I come back home, blah, blah. I have, I, 30 minutes, I cannot relax. Mm-mm, I must be doing something new. I must be doing something. I cannot relax. I can't. And that really hit me in college because I'll come home from work at like six or seven. I'll go straight to the cafeteria and then I have like a club meeting and then I'll go to and then I'll finish some homework and then I went to I'll go to sleep. Like I never really had me time. And even like on the weekends like there's no classes. I will be doing something. You know? I will be outside of my room. Even if I'm sleeping, I'm doing something in my sleep. Like that's how that's how crazy it was that I did not allow myself to relax. And even my roommate, Laura, again, bless her heart. Like, she'll be like, yo, do you, you always be someplace. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Either I'm sleeping in my room or I'm outside doing something. Like, I never really had that time to relax. Like, she would invite me to, like, come hang out with a couple of my friends. And I was always like, oh, I'm doing something. or oh, I can't, blah, blah, blah. Um... I never really allowed myself to relax, and I missed out on a lot of stuff, like hanging out with my friends. Um, occasionally, occasionally, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to make this day. Like, I would plan my day, and, like, even my time of relaxation was planned. And it, within that time of re- relaxation, I was planning something else. So even if I was relaxing with my friends, like, if we had, like, a spa day, I'd be like, yeah, tomorrow I got to do this, and right after this, I got to do this, that, and the third. Like, there never really was a time for me to relax. Um... Another one is that I have a public positive side, meaning that when it came to the public, when it came to, like, the outside, people only knew the good stuff about me. Like, I only talk about the good stuff. Um, so, like, I feel like I have this image where people look at me and they're like, oh, my gosh, she's so cool. She's so amazing. She's so perfect, preppy, uppity. Not uppity in a bad way, but, like, peppy and, like, bubbly and, like, like she's she's a good girl like she's always so like i don't know how to explain it but i feel like that's what people look at imagine when they look at me like oh she's so nice she's so beautiful like she's really good she's a good person at heart which i am i i I do believe like through god's grace he's given me the grace you know to be this type of person and be a blessing but like no one would know anything negative about me no one would know that you know, I struggled with depression in middle school. No one would know that I struggled with anxiety. Nobody know like I had panic attacks. No one like nobody would know these stuff. And eventually, with the great friends that I have, they 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 would like slowly realize that like yo like peace like how come you don't talk about you know the bad stuff? And when I did, like it would come to a surprise to them because like it was so much stuff that happened. They were like, oh my gosh, how are you able to like hold all this stuff? 
Are you able to, like, talk about it nonchalantly? And I remember one time I was having a talk with one of my friends. Her name's Tracy. And I was talking I, I was talking to her about, like, this really um, hard time I was going through. And I remember one thing she said, like, you somehow know how to keep it all together. And I was like, I do? And she was like, yeah, like, you somehow know how to keep it all together. And I was like, wait, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And she was like, it's both. And I remember just thinking, like, head scratch, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, I do. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that, like, you know, I'm good. And during this quarantine, being able to reflect on all the stuff that I've been through, um, like, it really is is crazy because I have this been so many instances where people like kind of see through this like not necessarily a facade but like they see through you know the the positive side and they they turn their head and they look at me weirdly and I start panicking because for someone to see me like that means that I have to address it I have to talk about you know the stuff that has happened and for someone who hasn't been able to do that within herself how can I do it with someone else does that make sense am I speaking I don't know if I'm speaking I don't know am I speaking sense please if I'm speaking sense someone like you to put it I don't know um but yeah yeah um another thing was that um within many relationships that I had either it was romantic platonic um business um no one really knew me or only a couple people knew everything about me um when it came to work when it came to school when it came to family and friends um and like people like who people who I had like crushes on like I remember I was talking to this one guy and he was like I don't understand like I told you that I liked you but like you pulled away from me and I was like oh god (laughs) oh god like when the whole boy came for my neck he came for my neck like he he came for my neck he was like I don't understand like you know I'm attracted to you and you said that you're attracted to me but you pull away every time I I come closer and I'm like you know what that is true that is very true and I I congratulate you Mr. Detective why I cannot tell you (laughs) um but I felt like I I feel like for a long for for some time now like if people get too close to me no they would dislike what they see if that makes sense like they would dislike that I'm not the most perfect person in the world and they would dislike um the negative stuff and I have developed such a negative um, cognitive thought process that whenever someone gets too, too close, I start pushing them away. When someone gets too, too close, I develop excuses for them not to get too close. I pull away, I change it up, or I find someone else to create a new relationship with. Um, It's it's very hard, um, but I, I finally decided that I need to change. And even though it's going to take some time to change, let's change it.
Okay, so now I've reflected. How can I change? What am I going to change? And basically, the advice I'm going to give to anyone who is able to relate with this and with me is like, number one, we're bloody human. Like, we're human. We're human. Any humans are created with free will, and with free will comes imperfections and you know messing up and mistakes and like there's nothing wrong with making a mistake there's nothing wrong with the emotions you have there because if god wanted to create robots he could have easily created robots and there would be no such thing as a human but no he created humans with free will and with emotions and with that we're able to do whatever we want for good or for evil blah 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 number two i can't make a mistake why because everybody else does it okay look you make a mistake, you messed up. Guess what? Someone else has probably made the same mistake. Ah, my pencil. Someone has probably made the same mistake as you have, okay? So don't beat yourself up because you made a mistake. Big or small. Trust me, you're not the only person who has made that mistake on the, on the web, okay? There are, there are 7.5 billion people on the web. I'm pretty sure the mistake you have made and you're racking your head, someone else has done it, okay? So, that, there's that. Number three. There is a difference between relaxing and being lazy, okay? There's difference. You can relax and be productive, and you can be lazy, okay? Please, there's a fine line. Where that line is, it depends on each person. For me, I know the days I'm relaxing and then the days I'm being lazy. And while I try very hard to not mix the two, I be mixing them sometimes. Hence why I don't like relaxing because I feel like I'll become lazy or I'll will be an unproductive day or blah, blah, blah. Uh, number four, I'm only 19 and I don't know everything. Even though I pride myself in going out of my way to learn new cultures and new things and about the world and I surround myself with other people who tell me other stuff I'm only 19 I've only lived in this world for 19 years and a couple months in my mother's room like I I don't know everything under the sun and while I'm still learning I'm still a child I'm still a young man I'm just, my frontal lobe has not developed yet so I'm still in the process of learning and making mistakes and there's nothing wrong with that okay six okay though i've had experience that have made my life more of a reality it doesn't invalidate the emotions i feel what i mean by that is that even though i've been through a lot of stuff that has made me feel like i have lived double my life um it shouldn't invalidate the emotions that come from it um and with that I mean like sometimes I'll go through something that I feel like at my age I shouldn't be going through and thus the emotion or the reaction that comes from it I invalidate it I say that it's not I can't you know I can't have this emotion because you know blah 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 um but I'm allowed to I should be allowed to I am and the only real conflict is is because I don't allow myself to feel that emotion. It's because I choose to look the other way. I choose to put my head in the sand. And that's why there's more conflict coming through it. But as young as I am, like, even though I go through certain things that I feel like either too young for my age or too old for my age, at the end of the day, I'm still 19. And why I may feel like I'm, like, 37 and plus, I don't know. Like, I'm still 19, and I should be allowed to cry and, you know, 
feel the way 19 year old does and not feel like oh I have to react as a 37 year old or I have to react as a 30 year old because I'm not and I don't know what it's like to react at that age um, and yeah um, number 7 I believe when I'm 30 I will be dirty but right now I'm 19 and I must live in the age of 19 in fact I'm not even 19 yet because my birthday is in September I'm 18 but sir madam peoples my peoples right now I'm 19 years old I'm 18 and I'm 19 and when I get to the age that I believe is the age where like you know midlife not midlife but like you start being a young adult or an adult I will get to you I will get to you but right now let me just live my life peace just live your life live the 90 year old life that you're supposed to live even though you're going through some stuff that makes you feel like you know you don't deserve blah 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 life's not fair like you're still 19 at the end of the day yeah right if you want to look on your best certificates 2001 right it will mean adamant that you are turning 19 you're not turning 30 please put that in your head peace you're not turning 30 you're turning 19 okay okay number eight actually there's no number that's it <laughs> but yeah these are these are some of the things i wrote down i'm like yo i really 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 need to follow these things because i'm a spokesperson for giving out advice and not following hypocrisy at the finest um but i really really need to cut myself slack when it's due because i don't and hence why i feel so old or i feel so like i'm an old soul because like i don't react the way people my age would would react you know when someone when someone goes through something and they cry i'm just like okay what's how can we fix this you know i i tend to give a more mature approach or more logical approach than um, acknowledging the emotions and you know being a child and allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to you know go through what I'm going through and to grieve and even with that I know that at age 30 like people still do this stuff people still grieve they still cry they still you know act irrational but I feel like in order for me to live life perfect I have to act rationally and I have to act older than I am I have to act mature than I am to either gain respect or to be respected or to be looked at as a leader, but at the same time, like, I'm human, I'm not a robot, and I'm not perfect, and I can't always, you know, be the most perfect person, so, yeah. So, y'all, I just want to thank you so much for listening, it's been really really awesome that i get to start this and i'm really excited for what's to come um this has been peace of the mirror <laughs> a mindful coffee and if i have said anything that you have related related with or you're like okay you know what peace you're speaking truth let me let me bring you some comfort some coverage let me remind you that in second chronicles 20 verse 15 the battle you can input emotional physical mental whatever battle you're going through it's not yours it's not ours but it's god's and if god is within you then i promise you that you will never fail and i can attest to that because every battle i've been through with or without god 
even when I put him in it and I haven't, he still has provided and he still has never failed. And well, until next time, keep on sipping your coffee, of course, <laughs> and be mindful. Bye. a little bit mad that I can't drink any coffee and I'm drinking water, but I promise next segment there will be coffee.